Welcome to Own the Microphone. Join me, Bridget McGowan, an award-winning international professional speaker and owner of the independent publishing company, BMAC Talks Press. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Own the Microphone. I'm Bridget McGowan and I have with me Jen Espinosa Goswami. Jen, welcome to the show. Thank you, Bridget. What a treat to be here today. I am really excited because you and I were talking about how you have a lot of professional speakers out there where they love what they do. They're passionate about their topics. They're ready to rock a microphone at any point. But in terms of the idea of talking about talking or speaking about public speaking, it's not always everybody's jam. It's your jam. How did that happen? How did you fall so in love with making people or helping people be better professional or public speakers? Well, quite by accident, which I'm sure you hear quite often, I never intended to be a professional speaker. I went to school for global studies and German. So I always had an interest and curiosity for learning foreign languages. I can speak French, German, Spanish, a little bit of Bengali. My husband's from India. So communication has always been very interesting to me, but I took it more in a cultural way when I was in school. It wasn't until I joined a local Toastmasters group when I was working my corporate days in finance. Finance is great, but not always the most interesting thing. So I needed a little more interesting work for myself. And that ended up being communication. So Toastmasters was a stretch for me in the sense of I had never done any sort of presentations in front of audiences. I barely had to talk to anyone. So, you know, public speaking was a little bit different for me. And to be honest, I spent my whole childhood trying to be not seen and not heard because I was morbidly obese as a child. So my goal as a child was to be the good kid, the smart kid, but never speak up. So it was really important for me after I joined Toastmasters to recognize that regardless of who you are, where you came from, what you look like, or what kind of work you do, you do have a voice, and that voice is powerful. And the best thing about working with clients today is I get to help them understand that public speaking has so many facets to it, but all of them start with knowing that your voice is powerful. What led you to Toastmasters? Toastmasters was a personal development thing for me. And again, it's not something I had a lot of experience with. And if you're not familiar with the format of Toastmasters, they do projects, you know, very specific projects on different targets and goals, presentation skills kinds of things of five to seven minutes. And I went wild, Bridget. I was like rapping. I was, I had my like crew with me. I was like doing all these fun, like, mysterious, who is she talking about kinds of presentations. It was my creative outlet. And I think that's an important thing for speakers to be aware of. You are a creative. And it took me many years to own the creativity aspect of being a speaker and being an entrepreneur. We are creative, except our art isn't necessarily on a canvas. Our art is through audio. Our art is through video and through the experience that we deliver as speakers. So many different factors can hold people back from anything, whether it is making a presentation, feeling confident, 
wanting to be seen, wanting to be heard. And I heard that you found a way to push past what you were feeling as a child of not wanting to be seen and not wanting to be heard. What kind of advice would you give listeners for feeling comfortable with deciding you want to be seen and wanting to be heard? How do they, how do they get there? You're going to give us a two minute fast track crash course (laughs) on being seen and being heard. (laughs) First of all, shout out to my babies of the family who are listening right now. I'm the youngest of four children. So it was kind of a survival technique for me to keep quiet. Because if I snagged on my older sisters and brother, I got in trouble. So I made a, you know, I made a good effort of being the observer, being the person who's aware and present, but didn't always talk up. Well, the interesting thing about that is they don't even know who I am today. And that's unfortunate. But that may be something that the listener today is thinking about and saying, I've never shared this really personal information with this person who's supposed to know me very well. It doesn't know me. So if you're at a place in your life where you're like, okay, I know that I have these things that I'm passionate about. And I really do think the pandemic gave us a gift of discovering what we're passionate about. But now people are giving themselves permission to speak about what they're passionate about. And that's why I like to use the hashtag speak up, speak out, because we all have a story and we all have important things to contribute to our community. For me, it's through the art of public speaking and it's helping other people find their voice. For you, it might be just giving yourself permission to show up, whatever that looks like. You wanna record a video, you wanna do a TikTok shuffle dance, go crazy folks, because you do have permission as long as you give yourself permission. You said everyone has a story and in a little bit, I want to ask you, what's one of your favorite stories that you tell in a presentation. So I'd like to hear that in short order. But first, I want to properly introduce you to listeners. Jen Espinosa Goswami is a professional speaker and holistic confidence coach at Weightless LLC, a former Toastmasters international officer and graduate of the Masters of Leadership program at Augsburg University. Jen helps women show up confidently in their personal and professional lives through her signature confidence on camera training. Her transformational health story has been featured on Authority Magazine, Thrive Global, Women's Health, Reader's Digest, Prevention, Spry Living, and numerous podcasts. Jen shares powerful speaking tips on her YouTube channel and can be found on one of 10,000 lakes in her home state of Minnesota. So what is one of your favorite stories that you provide in your presentations? It has pivoted, just like my business has. Mm -hmm. When I first started speaking, my whole platform was based on my personal weight loss story, which is what you just heard in my bio. I dropped 100 pounds back when I was 20 years old, fresh, you know, almost graduating from college. And I had never been interested in dieting. I wasn't one of those gals who was trying every diet under the planet. I was a happy, smart, ambitious person. I didn't feel like my weight needed to hold me back from anything. But eventually it got to the point where I was so heavy that everyday life was very difficult for me. It was difficult for me to be active. I'm a very active person. And I said, I need to change something. 
when I first started speaking, it was based on my story of how I embraced lifestyle change and how I did it through process and not through a diet or a program. I created my own program by listening to my body and adjusting and refining as I went along the way. And now I shifted away from that conversation because I was getting frustrated with all of the health gurus and diet uh, experts out there. Yes, we do have a body positive movement today, but I feel that the noise out there is just that. It's just noise. And there was nothing special about me in particular or my weight loss story. It was that it had the opportunity to inspire others to make changes. And I realized I don't have to be the hero of anyone's story. That's not what speaking is about. But I can guide people in a variety of different ways. And it just doesn't have to be based on my own personal story of weight loss. It can be based on the fact that I didn't talk much as a kid. And now I'm talking internationally to hundreds of audiences. Your story can be more than just one thing because you are not just one thing. And that's what really fuels me. Mm. I like how you said that the speaker does not have to be the hero of the story. It is not about the speaker. And that is a big mistake you often see speakers make. Is that the biggest mistake rookie speakers make? Or would you say there's something else? (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was talking about recently because I was on fire, Bridget. I was like, what is going on here? I had just exited speaking at a conference. There was a lineup of about 15 amazing women across the globe at this conference. There is a different strata of speakers, right? There are the inspirational and motivational speakers who are just doing it to share their story or their message. They may or may not have a business or a service or a program that they're providing or offering. Those people, unfortunately, tend to fall into this camp of the I folks. I did this, I did that, it was a tough time and I got through it. That's fabulous. And I'm not saying that these folks cannot inspire others to make positive changes. At the end of the day, I work with people who are trying to grow their business through leveraging their platform or their profit through public speaking. And if that's your goal, you have to understand what the audience is getting out of this story. Yes, you use stories. Yes, you get their emotions through the emotional, you know, dishwasher or whatever you want to call it. That's a part of the performance as a speaker, but it's not your story. It's where they see themselves in your story. So I hear that a lot. The I show, this is the I show. Welcome to my show. Here's why you need to look at me. And I think that presents a problem for speakers who are just starting out because they think that they have to lean heavily on themselves. And that's not true at all, because I work with a lot of introverted speakers who are more private and don't necessarily want to share the harder, darker, deeper parts of their story, and they don't have to. And I tell them that all the time. You share whatever stories you want to share, and it doesn't have to be the transformational thing. It can be something funny. It could be what your dog did today. It could be something you noticed on the way to the grocery store. We learn through stories. And it doesn't have to be a story that tears your heart out and makes you cry. It can be something that makes you smile, laugh, or even just, oh, that was different. You know, that was unexpected. 
there are many ways you can take your audience along for the ride. It doesn't involve all of your own personal examples. I really like what you said about picking and choosing your stories, especially for those who are introverted, because frequent listeners of the show have heard me say that I am most definitely an introvert. And I seldom share personal stories, but I get stories from listening to others or, you know, in church, I get stories, but I'll take them and like make them less churchy, <laughs> less religious. I listened to a podcast on my bike ride this morning and heard the cutest little story. And I don't know if you call it a story or a joke, but I, I, was on my ride thinking, I've got to work that into a presentation because what's important is not so much the story, but then using that story to support a point that you're trying to make. So I, I, and I'm going to tell the quick story too. So maybe I'll, I'll figure out how I can connect it to a presentation topic. So uh, a man and woman are sitting on their front porch in their little swing. They are celebrating 60 years of marriage. And they are just as happy as two clams. The husband says to the wife, love, what we have is tried and true. And the lady, the wife, she, she has a hard time hearing him. So she says, what was that? And he repeats himself. My love, what we have is tried and true. And she's still is having a hard time making out what he says. So again she's like what 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 was that now he's really frustrated so he yells at her my love what we have is tried and true and so she says my love I'm tired of you too (laughs) right so I've got to find a way to work it into a quote-unquote maybe effective communication (laughs) presentation or something but stories don't don't always have to come directly from you they can come from elsewhere as long as they serve as inspiration for driving a point home or illustrating a message now there's something that you share with me and I want more information about it Jen and that is speakers are pests P-E-S-T, and then lowercase s for the plurality of it. What does that stand for, and which type of pest of a speaker are you? (laughs) (laughs) So pests, um, and sometimes you'll experience this if you're listening to a speaker, and you just are turned off so badly. You're like, I need to turn this off. I can't listen to this person. And I'm talking not the sound of their voice because, you know, not all of us speakers work with vocal coaches. Definitely worth checking into if you haven't done that yet. But PEST stands for preacher, entertainer, storyteller, or trainer. And so in my experience, when I'm working with people who want to do more public speaking, is they fit into one of those categories, not completely and not neatly, because I don't box my folks. You know, my folks are multi-passionate in cross categories. However, preachers are those types of people who are so passionate and their presence is so powerful that you are rising out of your seat, you are pumping your fists, you are saying amen. I mean, those are the preacher type of speakers. And it has nothing to do with religion or with church or God or anything like that. 
they just are that passionate and have such a presence about them. Those are creatures. The entertainers are the people who often have some sort of acting or theatrical background, so they're very physical, right? They create a complete performance. They know their staging. They know how to position themselves when they're utilizing a stage. They talk with their hands, which you guys can't see me doing, but I do it all the time. <laughs> they're very expressive. Those are the entertainers. And entertainers are heavy on story, but maybe not as much morality as your preachers may be. Then we have the storytellers. These are the inspirational, motivational figures who don't necessarily care whether they're selling anything to you or making you take action, but they're so good at sharing stories. You feel like you're around a campfire. You feel like you could share that story for the rest of your life, the rest of your days to everyone who matters in your life. Those are the storyteller speakers. Not to be outdone are our trainers. Now I've worked with a lot of professional trainers within the corporate setting, and they're very heavy on content, how to on their visual aids, their slides, their decks, their presentation. They are excellent teachers, but it's difficult for them to incorporate story because they're like, well, I need to make sure you're getting something out of this that you can hold in your hand and do something with. So they're heavy on call to action. So based on that, Bridget, what type of pest do you think you are? All four. And I'm not even kidding you. I'm not even kidding you. Well, up until recently, I was just a pet and I didn't do <laughs> the short furry type of pet. And I didn't do a lot of storytelling, but I, I tend to pump up the crowd and give you a, I mean, like I said, I'll get inspiration from church listening to a story that the preacher shares. I mean, to this day, we had a pastor, loved him dearly, and he passed away unexpectedly uh, three or four years ago. But to this day, there are things I remember from him that I will still incorporate. I remember his Mother's Day message from, I don't know, like 2016 or something. And I'll never forget, he said, you cannot spell mother without other mothers are always thinking of everybody else right and I mean I just remember that about him so I will get up there and I will give you all kinds of inspiration I even have people actually standing and throwing their arms in the air and everything and <laughs> but then I do tend to have that entertainment factor to me where I am and I share this with others, being very particular about where I move, where I stand, why I'm standing there. Mm -hmm. I choreograph that entire presentation. And then with storytelling, like I said, I'm getting more into that, not sharing so much of my personal stories, but I understand that is that mental hook. I can give you all kinds of data points and all kinds of slides and all kinds of research. But if I don't put something more human in there, something more interesting, because a presentation needs to be a ride. It needs to take people on highs and lows. And I'm realizing that, and especially with me doing more keynotes, I'm realizing the power and importance of storytelling. So I do that. And then when it comes to the trainer piece, that is my background. That is my world. And then I have recently incorporated more storytelling. Like I said, I get inspiration from uh, our current pastor, our our former pastor, and I will add those stories into my presentations. There are just things that they say that I just gravitate toward, and I don't necessarily share my own stories in those presentations. Very seldom. I can't think of a time that I've really shared. Well, I'm going to take that back. In recent days, I've started to share more of my personal stories. And then with the trainer part, 
that's the world from whence I come. I used to teach. And then I also used to do faculty and professional development for an educational technology company. I'm very particular about my slides. I'm very particular about my graphics. I make sure I have no more than so many bullets on a slide and no more than so many words per bullet. There are far more images than there are words. People can read faster than I can talk. And I'm, I'm just very, very clear on that. And I'm always going to make sure there's a CTA at the end of that presentation, a call to action. Now that you've spent this time with me, what do you need to go do? What do you need to change? What do you need to think? What do you need to do differently? So I'm all of them, if that's possible, Jen. Which are you? Oh, so that's, that's funny you bring that up. I, I come from a training background in, in the sense that, like you, I'm like, I'm going to give you all something to work on. You didn't just listen to me for 60 minutes without taking some sort of action. So I lean heavily on trainer, but I'm very entertaining. And one of the things that I pride myself on is, yes, I know what I'm going to say before I come and say it, but I switch things up all the time. I'm a very intuitive person, so I incorporate entertainment elements that you might not expect from me if you just see me hanging out on social media. You are like, she's telling me all these factoids and these quotes and all these cool things, but when you see me in the flesh, which is why live events are so amazing, and I can't wait to get back to more of them. Um, I'm a different experience entirely. I get it. I get it. It's, uh, I totally get it. (laughs) (laughs) In a few minutes or so, you will have the opportunity to ask me a question, Jen. I'm looking forward to that. I am going to ask you, what would you say is the biggest difference between one of your first presentations versus one of your more recent ones? One of my first presentations, I was speaking on healthy lifestyle. And the greatest irony of that was I was speaking to a group of fitness professionals on healthy lifestyle. And I'm like, this was not a good fit at all. So as a speaker, I just did not nail that audience targeting. I had no idea how to find the right audience, how to share the right message with that audience. I don't need to tell a bunch of fitness owners and professionals how to be healthy. In fact, those were my peeps. You know, I was, pre- I was preaching to the choir. And at that time, I focused more heavily on the delivery piece of speaking. It took me quite a few years after that, after I became a coach, and recently I became a certified holistic coach. Coaches have a superpower of listening. And one of the best things you can do as a speaker is not what you're doing on stage. It's what you do before and after you speak. And that includes listening. So I utilize my coaching skills very heavily in terms of pre-program, post-program, being a support, paying attention to what the audience is reflecting as I'm speaking. And I've had that timer come up. I'm very good with time when I'm speaking. But I've had hosts reach out to me in chat on Zoom and say, cut it short, you need to be done right now. Because I tend to speak with other people who take way too much time to get through their content. And I'm the one who's like, okay, I've got five minutes to deliver this 15 minute presentation, let's go. So I can do that, I can roll with that. That's one of my gifts is I can still deliver a powerful message in five or 10 minutes. I've signed clients from doing that because I know what is there. I can feel the energy. I can understand what people are resonating with. And 
I am so prepared in terms of my content, which is why I always tell people listen to your speech. Don't even try to stand up there and off the cuff or riff on what you're talking about. Even if you don't have a trainer bone in your body, I get it, but you at least have to have one major focus for what you're sharing with people or they will get confused and it'll just be one of those oh that was fun but i'm not going to do anything about it kind of experiences and as a speaker that is the biggest letdown you can do for your audience they want to think or do something differently i wasn't letting people do that when i first started speaking That's interesting. That's really, really interesting. Now you indicated what's really important is the work that happens before the presentation and the work that happens after the presentation. What kind of work do you put in after the presentation or what what is that work that you're referencing? Yeah, so after the presentation in particular is supporting the delivery of the message. Mm -hmm. If you're on a podcast and you thank your host, that's great. You go thank your host, but you also go and share the podcast episode. You tell about your favorite part of the podcast episode. You make it personal. Um, If it's a presentation and they brought you into a company, reach out to the people, not just the person who paid you or the person who coordinated for you to be there, but anyone else who you met, like make it personal, make it a message, share some snippets or takeaways that you experienced as a speaker if it's a big event and you participated in the events. Um, shout out to other speakers that you may have heard or you really appreciated their message. People know that when you come together for an event, it's not about what any individual said. It's about the connection and the experience. It doesn't end when you're done speaking. In fact, you're still listening after that point. And people also want to understand that you see and acknowledge them. And that's the biggest part of showing up as a service provider. I see my people and I acknowledge them. Everybody wants to be seen and wants to be heard. Maybe they don't necessarily want to be placed on a stage or have a light beaming down on them, but they just want that acknowledgement, like you said. Tell me, what is your question for me? So you mentioned that you're leaning into storytelling more. I'm assuming it has to do with you starting to do more keynote presentations, but tell me more about why you didn't want to do more storytelling before. Oh, Jen, really? You're going to turn this into a therapy session and you just don't know it. Here That's goes. okay. <laughs> Here it goes. Yes, part of it is because of starting to be tapped or starting to get tapped to do more keynote presentations, which I'm really digging. I like them a lot. And that tends to be what people want and what they need in a keynote. Keynotes tend to be more on your motivational side and entertaining side and stories, what better way than to give that motivation and entertainment. That's part of it. The other part is I am leaning into wanting to share more of my personal story, but trying to figure out exactly how to do it in a way that creates those aha moments I need for the audience. I don't need the audience to hear another woe is me story. I mean, she grew up in this environment and she had this challenge and this problem. We all got challenges and problems, Bridget, stick it. (laughs) (laughs) Pull up a chair and let me tell you about my problems, right? So I don't want that. 
or to have it sound like more of the same, but I want to start sharing my story because I think there's such richness in it and there's so much to learn from it and some things that would surprise people. But most importantly, I want people to hear some of my stories and realize that they, they're, they're so much more powerful than they think they are. So, you know, as you get older, you just start to think more deeply and get all in tune with yourself. And, and I, I think part of it is, like you said, the keynotes, but then age and just really trying to figure that all out because I lived a very long time, very long time, not knowing I thought I was adopted, but I did not know with absolute certainty until I was well into adulthood. I'm talking about graduating from college, gotten a master's degree, went to law school, met and married my husband, fully grown. And that just kind of turned my world all upside down and around. And so not just talking about being adopted, but then just kind of that living a lie for so long and all the other trappings that came with it. And um, yeah, so just wanting to start to use my own stories and find ways, like I was saying earlier, to create the aha moments where it's not just a story for the sake of telling a story, but there's some kind of a lesson that goes with it that aligns with my bigger picture on my speaker platform. Great question, Jen. That wasn't too scary. I'm always a little little nervous. <laughs> you handle it like a pro. Oh, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Jen, what else do listeners need to hear from you, get from you? What else? Yeah, so I think it's important to acknowledge that um, having some sort of background in what to say is always the first step. So that involves speech craft. And that's why I'd love to share one of my awesome gifts, which is the signature speech template. Everyone needs a signature speech. If you don't have one, what are you waiting for? It is waiting for you. And I know one of the biggest challenges a lot of people have when they first start speaking is they're like, I could talk to anyone about anything. That's not the right approach to take. So let me help you refine and narrow your focus to a single signature speech. And it starts with this free gift, which is a downloadable, printable page where you get really clear on what success looks like for you as a public speaker. Often people focus too much on the, I have to get past this fear of speaking or sharing my personal stories when I do speak. And that's that. But I want people to have the long-term vision in mind before they start speaking, because maybe you don't need to speak, or maybe it's just not for you. Or what if you try it and you're like, nah, whatever. If you have a long-term goal, which the signature, signature speech does for you, then you have everything you need to hit the ground running, feel confident in what it is you're going to say, because we have to know what we're going to say before we can focus on the performance aspect of speaking. It all starts with what's coming out of your mouth. And if you don't like what's coming out of your mouth today, that will help you get started. I love that. And everyone check the show notes for the link to get that free signature speech template it's just like thinking about a restaurant that sells that says that it sells everything. No, you need to choose a lane or <laughs> a car dealership that sells. Well, there are some that sell all kinds of cars, but they sell just cars. They're not selling cars as well as 
basketballs and clothing. So <laughs> it's about picking a lane. You can't really speak on everything you can, but it's hard to find your passion. It's hard to find that energy. It's hard to kind of keep it, keep it good and keep it rich and keep it effective for the audience. I just don't recommend it. You'll find yourself just spread too thinly uh, trying to speak on everything. Pick a lane. Pick, <laughs> pick a lane. Uh, you are not a Chinese restaurant. You don't need to have 105 menu items in order to serve your audience. There you go. Far more eloquent than my examples. There you have it. <laughs> Anything else, Jen? I, I just want to speak briefly about confidence. Yes. Because I um, am still an obese woman. So if you're like, oh, you know, you got to look a certain way, you got to show up a certain way in order to be a speaker. I just want to cut through that BS right now. That's not true whatsoever. Um, when I first started speaking, I felt that pressure to look or be a certain way as a speaker. And uh, to be fair, you know, I did gain some weight during the pandemic and that challenged my identity. You know, Bridget, you had your moment where you were sharing your therapy session. My identity got challenged because I'm like, oh, I thought I had to be a successful person who maintained my weight loss. I maintained it for about 18 years. And then I had my moments where I didn't. And I thought it depended on my success, but it doesn't. And so if you're like, well, I have to be good at fill in the blank whatever it is for you. You don't. There's power in you showing up as you are right now. And it took me a long time to figure that out. You don't need to wait a long time to figure that out. You can start today with where you're at right now with what you know, and you can still make a difference. Mm -hmm. Stop waiting for perfection. Stop waiting for the perfect moment. I'm talking to listeners as much as I'm talking to myself. <laughs> Let's just keep it real. I am telling you, I really enjoyed this conversation with you. Jen Espinosa Goswami, thank you so much. Thank you, Bridget. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely, absolutely. And to my listeners, couldn't have a show without you. Really appreciate you tuning in. And until next time, make sure you always own the microphone.